0: We're talking clean energy and free markets with R Street's Josiah Neely on this week's Renew Guru. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen coming to you live on tape from my undisclosed location here in Columbia, Missouri joined on the boards, as always, in his undisclosed location in Kansas City, Philip Forsica. Hi, Philip. Hey, how's it going? Good, enough about you. We have important (laughs) things to get to. (laughs) We have a really special guest, um, someone we've worked with before, uh, someone who uh, I've I've been real interested in having on the podcast and just had an opportunity to uh, come up with some subjects to discuss, um, Josiah Neely. Uh, who is with uh, the R Street Institute. It is based out of Washington, D.C. He is based out of Austin, Texas. Josiah, how you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing very well. And uh, I'm I'm told that we're gonna be discussing barbecue uh, today, only barbecue.
0: Only both. <laughs> are we going to be doing a Kansas City versus Texas uh, competition here? A
1: very big Smackdown, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've actually ever had Texas barbecue. Is that possible?
1: Is it? Maybe. Well, I, 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 I don't know whether you have had it or not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let me let me tell you my my only real experience. My I've, I've been to Texas quite a few times. My my main experience was I uh, in college uh, about twice a year I drove down to Laredo, Texas. Mm-hmm. which put me through Austin, which put me through San Antonio. Uh, I was with a group that uh, had adopted a middle school in Laredo, and we taught those kids about uh, free market concepts, about economics. We uh, had them do like a little garage sale where they raise money to uh, buy computers for their school. I was, I was in a group. This is like so off topic, but this is you brought up the, the Texas bar. I did. I did. Yeah. I was in a group called Students in Free Enterprise. It used to be called SIFE and now it's called Enactus. I don't know if anybody else has heard of this group, but we we were at, at my college. We had a pretty active um, we had a pretty active chapter. And that was one of the things we did. We adopted a middle school in Laredo, Texas. And so I've been to Laredo, Texas, like six times. OK but I've never had any barbecue there. I don't know what any of this has to do with- <laughs> I'm with sorry. I have you on They diverted but,
1: us, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I know, but I think, you know, I've had like some street tacos. Like, I mean, like I've had like, Austin's got really good food and I've, I've been to Austin. Yes, yeah, that's right, yeah. I just don't know if I've ever had any barbecue, but Kansas City's much better. Anyway, moving on from that, <laughs> that subject. <laughs> so you work with this group, R Street, um, yeah. kind of, Tell us a little bit about what that organization is, what it does, why it should matter to someone who cares about Renew Missouri.
1: Sure. So R Street, we are a nonpartisan research organization, a think tank in the colloquial. Uh, We have existed as an independent organization for about 10 years, but we actually started back even earlier than that. Originally, we, so R Street started as a uh, department within an organization called the the Heartland. Heartland. Um, And we were focused mostly on property insurance issues, uh, Mm -hmm. trying to get more market reforms in insurance. And Heartland, in addition to that, they were also really known for taking a, a, an aggressively uh, contrary stance on climate change, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, saying climate change is not, not a big deal, not something had to worry about or whatever. And uh, this ultimately kind of came to a head where there was an incident where Heartland put up a, a series of billboards uh, that had, um, Charles Manson and Ted Kaczynski the Unabomber and Osama bin Laden on it and the billboard said I believe in climate change do you uh so this caused a big controversy as you might I expect
0: remember that yes oh yeah I remember those billboards yeah those were wild
1: <laughs> yes yeah it was it was uh it was big controversy and particularly you know uh like just leaving aside in general uh whether that was a good idea i think it kind of highlighted something for us which was as an insurance as a as focusing on insurance policy it is you you really can't just not take climate change seriously because yeah you know the the insurance is governed by these you know like being a, you know, models and all this stuff about what they're going to have to pay out in claims and sea level rise, storms, flooding, all that, you know, really, yeah. really is in there. So <laughs> we decided to part ways uh, yeah. and, you know, split off to be our own organization. And we, we had a choice to make, we could, we, we could have just decided, well, we're just going to, we're going to be an organization, but we're still just going to focus on insurance reform, right? That's Mm -hmm. our issue. We decided, no, we wanted the potential to grow and spread out into new areas. And so one of the first areas that we decided to spread out into was uh, climate and energy, right? Uh, Right. Coming from a generally pro-market perspective, but nevertheless accepting that climate change is a, is a real thing and has some risks and costs. And so trying to say, well, you know, what, what can we do about it from that perspective? We thought back, especially it, uh, this is this now is not such an unusual stance to take. I think there's been a, a great growth in the number of groups and, and political figures and whatever who were saying this. At the time, it was kind of an open field. There were not that many people who... We're saying, you know, yes, markets, yes, climate change is is a real concern. So I I think, you know, that that was something that we decided to do, and I I think we've been pretty successful at it.
0: And you advocate for policies and ideas that will, I mean, I mean, I mean, is my understanding your focus is on clean energy issues? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My so my individual focus, yes. There's a lot of people at R Street that. We deal with all sorts of stuff now, uh, taxes and right. technology and criminal justice. But yes, I focus on I focus on energy, particularly clean energy stuff. And in general, uh, you know, this is not a hard rule, but we look since we are a market oriented organization, we tend to focus on you know uh, areas where you can improve environmental outcomes through. The use of competition market competition lower taxes less regulation uh and there are you know people don't normally think about it that way they think of environmentalism means new regulations more taxes you know (laughs)
0: yeah
1: government and you know obviously there are there there certainly are cases where that's true but there's also a lot of cases where government is getting in the way or the system is not set up the system set up to kind of prevent uh, new new company, you know, businesses from coming in and really bringing down emissions and improving the environment on their own. So that's that's kind of where where we focus.
0: Right. And I kind of a little bit of background. I know we've talked about this to our podcast listeners before. Um, you know, when we talk about regulation and we talk about dealing with energy policy in terms of free market ideas. Uh, It's really, you know, you have to think about it like in terms of a state like Missouri. We are under this model that, you know, we call vertically integrated, which basically means that the state uh, regulates the uh, generation, transmission, and distribution of power, uh, which is to say that they, they basically allow one company, one entity, the exclusive right in an area to run all of those aspects of, of of making power, delivering power, and you using power. There are other states, like in Texas, as an example, that are what we call free uh, restructured, right. uh, which are, I mean, you know, and I know it's, you can say it's regulated, deregulated, but that's not...
1: Yeah, that's prob- that's a little uh, oversimplified because, of course, you right. still have lots of regulations in Texas. And- yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, i mean it's not like we're just saying like go do whatever it just basically means that for as far as the generation and transmission of power goes there are uh, ways to uh have different players in a, in a in a in a footprint uh and more importantly you know from something renew missouri has worked on for the past several years you know where a company can come in and kind of be a part of the grid be still on the system and yet make their own power like ex- there's always a video i show people uh, from Texas where Jeff Bezos, is that how you say his name? I don't know. Bezos. Maybe, yeah. It, I, I'm a hick. Forgive me. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a picture he, of him. Rich enough he can take it. He can take it. He, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that guy didn't know my name. Um, there's there's a there's a video of him standing on top of a wind turbine and christening it. He has a big champagne uh, bottle and it 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 and, it, and it and it's a drone shot, and it goes out and it's this entire field of wind turbines it's owned by Amazon and it is something that Amazon uses to help um, uh, power their uh, their operations in Texas and people were like that's really cool could we do that in Missouri and the answer is no we can't uh, because businesses aren't allowed to do that so that's kind of like kind of in talking about what you do it's important to kind of distinguish some states like Missouri are, you know, kind of have like the whole gamut where state regulators look at every aspect of energy, but then there's other states like Texas, like California, like parts of Iowa, like Illinois that are, you know, kind of close to Missouri uh, that do it differently.
1: That's right. Yeah. So, and I, you know, there, there's a lot of different uh, things that you could think about in terms of, competition in the electric sector. I guess, you know, I think about electricity is a market. So if you think about who who owns what and who buys what and who sells what. So a, a big element is, as you say, if you are the consumer, uh, do you have a choice of who you get your electricity from? Right. And right. in uh, many states, the answer is no. Uh, you, you are... In uh, your area, wherever your house is located or your business is located, you have one choice. It's either uh, an investor-owned utility, or it, it might be. Uh, a lot of cities have their own utilities that they own, or it could be a co-op. Right. Um, but whatever it is, that's basically your choice. And if you don't like the service for whatever reason, uh, in a big you know you mentioned Bezos. A lot of companies uh, they have. Clean energy goals that they want to meet, and you know, there those options aren't available for them, right? So that's right. that's a big that's a big part. If you don't like it, yeah, there's not much you can do. And then the flip side of that is, uh, you know, if you if you you and I uh, think, well, we want to start our own power plant or we want to build our own wind farm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, can we do that, right? And some places you can, but if you are in a vertically integrated state, again, the answer is probably no. utility owns all that stuff and they make the decisions about you know what plants they're going to build and what they're going to keep operating and and whatnot and if someone else wanted to get in there even if they had a really great uh idea and could provide cheap power to people uh that's not
0: allowed so what is it about the free market these free market concepts and about a restructured state that you think and i don't know if this is like from a philosophical viewpoint that you think help Push those uh, those states and those areas towards clean energy. What is it about that that you think is 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 helpful and encouraging? If you're a renewable energy, you know, advocate.
1: Yeah. So I think that there are there's a couple things. So one is that uh, under you know in, in the normal market situation, if you're running a business. You have an enormous incentive to try to innovate and come up with new ways to to uh, cut your costs, uh, to deliver a higher service, to do things in a simpler, new way, um, because that's going to gain you business, right? Uh, And and hope you know if you can even if you don't gain business, if you cut your costs and keep your current business, that's more profit, right? Mm -hmm. That's uh, uh, I'm not. I I used to be a lawyer, so math is not my strong suit. But I think that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, by contrast, if you if you're a a monopoly monopoly utility, the way that that works is they have what's known as cost recovery. So basically, however much the utility spends, uh, they add a certain percentage on top of that, you know, for profit and debt or whatever, and that's what they get back, right? And What that means is uh, you do not, as the utility, have the same incentives to try to reduce your costs, because if you're reducing your costs, you're also reducing your revenue, right? Uh, Because Yeah, it just goes down. And so for that reason, uh, utilities, not always, but there's a tendency to kind of be stuck in the the past, the way that thing the way that things have always been done, and they're not necessarily looking towards the future, right? And right. so that I think is is kind of limited the ability to tap into these new clean energy markets, which are new and changing very rapidly, right? Because it's right. only, you know, uh it's not, it was only uh, about a a decade or so ago where the big knock on renewable energy is, well, it's too expensive, right? Right, and now uh, you don't. You mostly don't hear that anymore. As some people might still say it, but they're they're kind of out of date because the, the prices have fallen so much that actually renewable energy is really cheap. <laughs>
0: uh, it is, yeah. <laughs> people who don't
1: like it have to talk about other stuff instead. Right, um, but uh, you know, so that's that's a huge change that's happened in the market. Uh, but because there's not competition, a lot of the utilities have not caught up.
0: Right. And I mean, some of those things that they talk about, I mean, you know, you and I have kind of walked the hallways of the Missouri Capitol together and you've worked in a lot of other states. Um, you know, one of the things that people talk about is, well, you know, these utilities have put a lot of money into the grid. They have put a lot of money into this delivery system. And aren't we just, if we allow anyone to make power on site, like if it's a, if it's a business or it's a residence, aren't we, you know, isn't that unfair to the utility? I mean what's your what's your what's your response to that?
1: Yeah, so I mean I guess uh the the logical implication of that is that maybe you know if you were to carry that generally, you know maybe you would say well, it's not fair for people to grow tomatoes in their garden in their backyard or whatever because that's gonna take business away from the local grocery store, right? Which could be a pillar of the community, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, so obviously I do think, um, even in, so even in a state like Texas, which is as, as free as you get, you know, we still have a grid there and there are costs associated with maintaining that grid, right, and those get distributed throughout the customer base. Uh, So, you know, there are definitely ways to do that, but um, I don't think, I don't think that the best way to deal with that situation is to try to freeze everything in in amber uh, so it can't change, you know, and particularly so that individual people who, you know, not everybody's the same, people have different values, people have different needs, a lot of these tech companies um, or high tech companies, you know, not only are they trying to like, create a green brand for themselves, but uh, like if you or I, for example, if the power were to go out in our house for a few minutes, right? That would be an annoyance, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you, if you are a company that's making microchips or that is r- running servers or whatever, even a fraction of a second interruption in your service could cost you millions of dollars. So, you know, uh, and and so having a single, having like a single quality of service that you, the same thing that applies to everybody, mm. uh, that's not gonna work for everybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always like the, the analogy, I mean, I always like think about like roads. I think, you know, yeah. yes, people sometimes just drive their little you know, sedan on, on a road, but then like, if you're a farmer, uh, you're driving equipment, you're driving, you know, heavy equipment and all these other things. And no one says like, we should be limiting what a farmer puts on the road just because it might do more damage to it. Shouldn't we be charging them more? I mean, you know, I mean, ultimately, yes. I mean, there are ways I would have to think that you can structure, uh, people contributing to it. If they're, you know, if they, if they are, um, wanting to make their own power, but it's still a public, it's still a, it's something that, it's, that everyone in the public should have access to no matter how yeah. they're accessing it. I mean, that's just always been an interesting, I mean, it seems like to me when I work in a, in a building like in the Missouri Capitol, which is, you know, a super majority of Republicans who are conservative, who say they're for the free market, who say they are pro-business, but then they seem to have this absolute fealty to utility companies and, and just whatever they say should not be challenged. I mean, you know, I and mean, is, is that, a, I mean, that's got to be a frustration for you and your organization to see a lot of Republicans who say they believe in the marketplace, that they say they believe in, you know, these conservative principles, but then that seems not to be what they apply to with energy policy. Is that something you've run into?
1: Uh, yeah, so definitely. And I think part of the issue is that electricity policy and ele- the electric system uh it can get really complicated really fast it can be a little intimidating sure. to people you know if you're talking about like distribution utilities and you know voltage and all this all this stuff and a lot of people uh in- including a lot of legislatures um you know uh uh, I think kind of get scared off it for that reason. And and so they go to a default of, you know, they think, well, I don't totally understand all the intricacies here. So who can I rely on? And it's a natural thing to say, well, I'll, I'll ask the utility, right? right. And uh, the utility folks obviously do have a lot of technical knowledge about how the system works, but they also have a, an interest involved. And so that's going to end up kind of shading their perspective on things. So I think that's, I think that's a big part of it. The other thing is, uh, you know, for, for a lot of pe- people, um, there's just a natural tendency to go with the status quo. Right. So right. It, you know, if you're in Missouri or these other States, uh, you know, you've probably had the current, your current electricity system model for like a hundred years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's it's, it's not like, uh, you know, Obamacare it's been around 10 years or something like that, you know? Right. Um, and it's named after a, a Democrat. Um, so, you know, but, so because of that, like, I think your kind of impulse is, well, uh, you know, this is just kind of how it's always been. They don't know anything else. Right. And luckily that, I think that is changing somewhat because we've now had two decades of experience with the states that did restructure. And so you can kind of compare and see how it's going. It has not been a disaster. It's actually been really good for consumers, save them a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's advantages for the environment, other stuff. Um, so I think that is changing, but it is just, it's a slow process.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing you I've, I've heard people say, people ask, lawmakers ask is like, well, is there harm to the consumer here? Are there gonna be people that are taken advantage of because you have multiple Firms uh, seeking uh, them to sign on their dotted line. I, I know that I've seen you get fielded that question before. No. Um, I mean, what is the answer to that? I mean, how, how is that dealt with in these restructured states?
1: Sure. So, with, you know, as with any business, uh, there's always a possibility of, uh, you know, shady actors. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend recently who was uh, trying to buy a house and was in the process of negotiating a sale when he uh, learned that the person he was buying the house from did not actually own the house. It was, yeah, like a scam. <laughs> <Is that> important? <laughs> yeah, right. It was like a scam artist or something who was like, oh,
0: wow,
1: the guy's phone number and other things. Um, so anyway, so like. It, that's, that's true generally. And we do have, and I think it's important to have uh, commercial, you know, uh, th- there are com- consumer protection laws, consumer protection boards, uh, the state or whatever. So that's, that's a big thing. But then j- also just in general, uh, the, the market has several ways of trying to uh, deal with scammers or uh, other actors. And a big part of that is, you know, brands, right? So if you go, you know, if you're, if you wonder, uh, you know, uh, if I'm going to go into a restaurant or something, right? Mm-hmm. If I go into a a Chili's, right? It's one of my favorite restaurants, chain restaurant,
0: Chili's. Like you know? barbecue.
1: Yes, right. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. Like, or even even if it's a even if it's a a single, uh, it's not a franchise, but you know, we have a, a place here, Franklin Barbecue. It's it's really yeah. famous. People line up for hours to get the Franklin barbecue. And, you know, part, of, why do they do that? It's because of reputation people, you know, that have had the barbecue there. They, they say, wow, this is really great. And they tell all their friends and, you know, whereas if people were going in there and they were getting sick and it was really lousy service and it was small portions or whatever, then uh, you know, word would get around of that. And people would be like, Oh yeah, I don't, you don't, you don't want to go there
0: the market would kind of address that
1: right exactly yeah. yeah so reputation and brand you know maintaining your brand is a big thing this is part partly why you know uh i don't know if you've ever had an experience where if uh you have bad service at a place and you know you complain or whatnot sometimes they might comp your meal right or they might you know even even though legally they don't have to do that right but they don't they their view is they would rather uh not have you pay for the meal now then lose you as a customer forever right, right.
0: or badmouth you
1: or bad mouth right you can lose right. other people right. as customers yeah and not right. all businesses have that attitude obviously but the ones that uh, don't don't have you know don't have a kind of customer first attitude they tend to not do as well and maybe after a while they're, they're not around anymore uh, uh-huh. because you know people don't want to don't want to go there don't want to use them
0: right. Yeah. So, I mean, does that, I mean, but I mean, like you living in a state where you have this deregulated market, I mean, have, is there a lot of problems with that that you have, I mean, you probably know more about it than most people too. Have you seen yeah. a lot of that?
1: No, I think people here are pretty happy, um, you know, with the ability to choose their uh, electric provider. In fact, you know, most, so when we instituted competition here 20 years ago, most of the state went into competition, but there were a few areas that got grandfathered in. So they were still in the old system. Mm -hmm. And some of them have since decided, Hey, you know, I think we'd like to be part of competition too, like Lubbock, you know, where Texas tech is, if you're familiar, they originally were not part of competition and they decided, yeah, I think we'd like to do that. Um, so yeah, I think the, the overall experience has been very positive. There's not, there's not any, uh, I mean, I would, I would, uh, uh, you know, feel bad for the Texas politician who decided to try and like advocate retreating from competition, you know, in the electric system here, you know, yeah, Republican or Democrat. It's just not where everybody's heads at because it's seen as a big success.
0: Yeah. Well, and also because I know that the last time, you know, in Missouri last year, I think before everything sort of shut down. Uh, we had a hearing on a, a Senate resolution that would include uh, putting de- re- electric deregulation on the ballot in Missouri, and it didn't yes. go anywhere. And one of the things that got brought up was, um, you know, it's a, it's a word that when I when I mentioned to our interns or our law clerks now doesn't mean much to them, uh, as it might to you and I, because we're a little older. I, mean, I think I might be old. I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to.
1: I'm in, uh, so I'm in my 40s.
0: Yeah, uh, so yeah. am I. So we remember Enron.
1: Yes, right. Yes. Well,
0: (laughs) that was right. after. That was right when I was starting law school. And um, after I got out of business school and they say like, well, you know, if you deregulate, if you go down this path, we could see another situation like Enron. I mean, which basically was a company that was gaming. Right. Deregulated market. Uh, A lot of people went to prison. Yeah. Uh, That company collapsed and was a big economic crisis for a lot of um, uh, you know a lot of folks in texas in houston which is where that was headquartered right Um, i mean what i mean do you think that there? i mean you know we talk about these you know unscrupulous you know these problematic people who are you know potentially selling to individual customers i mean do you think there's a problem with gaming that system that needs to be addressed with that still or has that been addressed since the E word happened.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's right. I think that kind of, uh, for a, a while, kind of killed off the momentum towards competition in electricity because of that right. situation. Now, is it is it is the case that if you if you talk to people uh, who are familiar with that situation, the the problem, the, the problem that happened with the California electric market is they deregulated or restructured part of the market uh, but there was like a there was a mismatch so they, de- they deregulated uh, wholesale electric prices but they still had price price caps and controls for retail right so that's normally that's fine but right. what it means is that if the electricity price goes above the, uh, the retail price cap um, there's no longer an, uh, you, you, get a weird situation where people need to buy electricity, but then if they want to sell it to c- consumers, they are guaranteed to lose money. And so, uh, it's kind of, it was, yeah, it's kind of a loophole and the Enron folks realized that because of that, they could make more money by holding electricity off the market and causing uh, a lot of blackouts. Yeah. It um, was
0: short it. So I mean, basically, right. Short it, right? Yeah, right.
1: exactly. Yeah, it was a <clears throat> sort of equivalent of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you do need, I think. Um, uh, and that that was a That's it. That, I think that was an issue that was anticipated a, ahead of time by some people. And it was decided mm-hmm. that uh, they did, you know, uh, that it, that advice was not listened to, that the system had that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that that's definitely a big example. A, a, an example of how you do not want to reform your electric system. But I would note that, you know, uh, more than a dozen states around the same time as California restructured their electric systems. Some of them went a lot further than California ever did uh, without ever having that sort of problem. Yeah. Um, And of course, California even now has continued to have uh, electric reliability issues just last summer and part part you know partly because of the wildfires but actually not not all because of the wildfires they again were having a bunch of uh rolling brownouts um and you know my brother who lives in california was telling me that they didn't have electricity you know for a while because there just was not enough supply out there so that's you know so that i think that's definitely one of you know you want like electricity to be cheap, but you also want it to be available to meet demand. You don't want blackouts, right? So that's that's a very valid concern. But I don't think that that is something that is due to competition. Uh, if you if you structure your your system correctly, which we know how to do,
0: yeah. A lot of people would say. I mean, kind of getting back into old politics. That's why Greg Davis lost that. Re, uh, that uh, what are they trying to like? Re-
1: uh, the with uh, yes, with Arnold Schwarzenegger becoming. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, We had Governor Schwarzenegger was because of all of that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and and Philip, fun fact: Kenneth Lay, who ran Enron, a Mizzou business school grad.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, we had to learn all about the accounting. Shenanigans of Enron, and okay. I learned that that's how GAP was formed and the Generally Accepted Accounting Principles because of Enron's uh,
0: tomfoolery. Oh, all right. Well, as a and you you do know about Enron, okay? I was like thinking that just old timers knew about that stuff. That's good. Um, so you know, Josiah, with what you're doing, not uh, just with state to state issues, but you also work on policies involving kind of uh, regional marketplaces and and and. and right and uh, regional transmission organizations. Um, you and I have kind of been on some meetings lately in regards to the Southeast Energy Exchange Market or SEAM. Yes. You know, I, I've, I've had Sam and Mahan on here. Uh, he was on here a couple of weeks ago and talked a little bit about that. Uh, it's something that is of interest to Missouri um, policy folks because the uh, the rural electric cooperative wholesale uh, power supplier, associate electric, which also is in uh, parts of Oklahoma and Arkansas I think they are um, they are looking to join this if it if it gets approved. And what I mean what do you you think what is the potential or what is like the concerns that your group or you have about you know about how energy markets work about how this particular energy market might work. I mean what do you think is like do you see it holds promise? Do you think it has peril? I mean what what do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, so I definitely think that SEAM is superior to the status quo, right? So there's right. definitely benefits that come from it, yeah. Uh, and it's easy to understand why because even if even if when you're in a state that is vertically integrated, so the utility owns all the power plants, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be times where they uh, it's going to be economic for them to buy extra electricity from somebody else, right? Right. And, or if they have a surplus to sell that, right? And in particular, that's true if you have a lot of variable resources like wind and solar, right? That, you know, you're gonna have a lot more electricity. Sometimes a lot less, uh, other times it's not necessarily gonna match up with local demand. So, and you know, instead of just letting that go to waste, if you can sell it to somebody else, that's great. Larger, the larger the geographic footprint, the better that is economically, right? Right. Um, so, so that's good, but I, I will say that, you know, the, the big downside of seam is that, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's a very, uh, thin and light version of a typical organized wholesale market, like an RTO or an ISO.
0: Um,
1: so you can't, you know, some, a lot of, what you really want uh, for a lot of these markets is the ability to tra- trade both in what they call the, the day ahead market. So people looking, OK, this is what we expect to happen tomor- uh, tomorrow. And so we're going to buy the electricity from the you know, plants or whoever they agree to provide it to us tomorrow. And then they also have real, so-called real time markets where when your estimates for the day ahead market are not exactly right, you know, you need to be buying stuff. And that goes down to like five, you know, 15 or five minute increments. Right. Um, because you got to match it. Electricity has to be matched exactly, <laughs> you know. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's pretty um, precise, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the inability to do that and uh, to do that with a wide variety of people, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of like the difference, you know, between a, a like local neighborhood farmer's market and you know ebay or something like that right uh <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the farmer's market it's good you know although yeah. it's like a farmer's market but without without the like homie charm i don't know if seam would necessarily to have the homie charm but uh you know you're you're gonna you're gonna you have a lot more options with something that's a lot bigger and so the value would be a lot a lot higher i think right. but with all that said, uh, you know, SEAM is still probably uh, superior to what they have now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, like, right now, the Associated Elect, like, I mean, yeah, there is no Southeastern right. uh, transmission organization. No marketplace is right. there. Yeah. Uh, the co-ops here in Missouri are in between the SPP, the Southwestern Power Pool, and MISO. Which I can never quite remember what any of those letters stand for, so I just say MISO. <laughs> so you have this huge geographical swath in between those two markets um, that you know are really self-reliant. You know, don't have a lot of uh, renewable energy being put into that uh, into that system, and so you know, my hope has been my hope has been as an advocate in Missouri that since this is going into like South Carolina and North Carolina. Uh, that there might be opportunities there now you talk to people in south carolina north carolina they're like yeah but you've got like coal plants in missouri we don't want to buy we don't want any <laughs> of utilities buying any of that stuff and i'm like well that's that could be a problem yeah i get it i mean it's it's um it, it there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered and we've not seen the FERC filing yet Right.
1: That's correct. Yeah. So
0: we don't know what it's exact. A lot of, we've seen a lot of plans. We've seen a lot of presentations at some well, utilities. Yeah. Have we
1: ha- I mean, we have seen, I think we do have a, a decent sense of what will be in the FERC filing because right. uh, the companies have had to make some other filings. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's probably a negotiation process. Um, you know, I guess like what, one of the other big issues is who is who is actually going to be running this thing and yeah. normally with an rto you have a degree of independence from the individual participants mm-hmm. so uh which creates confidence in the system that it's going to be run fairly and not it's not going to be a thumb on the scale of certain people All right. and in here it looks like it's just just going to be controlled by uh the the utilities and so you know you might have like uh unwillingness to share information that, you know, could have a competitive uh, advantage or other things, you know, so that, that might hamper it. I think that might be something that they, they look at too. But mm-hmm. uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it is certainly, I mean, for me, like I'm relatively new to the, to the uh, doing kind of any advocacy at FERC. I mean, do you have a lot of, do you have a sense of how this might be viewed by those regulators? Do you have a sense of what they might do with this? I, mean, I know there's there's some changes going on with FERC because we have a new administration. Yes. Um, so I mean, do you have like any kind of crystal ball you can look into and see what you think what might happen here? Uh so it's it's a little hard to say.
1: You know, I will say FERC is they take their they take their uh, role seriously as being a um, an, an umpire if you will you right. know uh not a not a advocate for you know any particular side so they, they they take that role seriously i i will say that in the past uh particularly with the southeast you know some there's some people at FERC who have expressed concerns about uh you know what they ca- what they call market power right uh, you know, the big guys kind of throwing their weight around uh, in ways that harms uh, little guys or new entrants or whatever. Um, so I know that's a concern that they generally have. However, um, I, I don't think that, um, you, FERC does not see its role as coming up with the best possible, you know, what they view is the best possible system for the southeast, and then telling the southeast that they have to do it, right? Right. They're they're they view it as the south. You know, uh, the utilities come to them with something like seam, and the question is, well, does it does it check all the boxes? Is it you know fit with all the existing rules and whatnot? And if if that's true, then I would expect them to approve it, even if you know deep down, they think, well, this could be a lot better.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So, and I mean, in that process, I mean, you know, I mean, I think I, I mean, we're, we're recording this on a day where I think there was a challenge to one of the utilities out east from us. Um, they were protesting this at their state utility uh, regulators, and that got dismissed. And so we think this is going to be probably going on as you hear this podcast. <laughs> as we beam this into the future. <laughs> right, yeah. So is there anything, I mean, so like when you think about like like regulate like with vertically integrated states, is there any like parting thoughts you want to leave to anyone listening about Missouri about what you think, um, you know, if there's any reluctance, if you're like say a conservative or more of a libertarian leaning person who is skeptical of clean energy, I mean, what would you leave with them to say like what they should really be thinking about differently with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, so... The thing that I would want to leave with people is that clean energy is a a business just like any other, right? Right. I think that a lot of folks, you know, there there are some folks that have associations of clean energy, uh, particularly solar or wind or whatever, as a kind of, it's like hippie energy, you know, and people, uh, you know, are are into it, you know, because they want to save the planet and, you know, save the baby seals or whatever. Um, And, you know, I'm sure that there are people like that, but you talk to people, you know, it's a business. They, they are, they are about trying to provide value to grow their customer base and people who are interested in buying clean energy That's also very often a business decision for them. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of major corporations who we've talked a little bit about some of the tech corporations, but another uh, company that is very interested in procuring a lot of clean energy is Walmart, right? Yeah. Walmart. And, you know, uh, they have some brand issues for that, I'm sure. But if you talk to them, what they will also say is they view this as... A economic advantage for them because of cost, yeah. because of, um, you know, reliability of price, right? Mm-hmm. So unlike, you know, one of the issues that you might have with with n- natural gas, power plants or whatnot, is that it's the, it's the price can go way up, right? right. It can go way right. down and it can go way up and you don't necessarily know with renewable energy, you're pretty sure the price is not going to go way up. Right? right, it's either gonna stay the same or it will continue to fall. It has as it has been. So there's lots of economic reasons why people do it, and so that's that's what I would say is just to like think about it as at you know clean energy as a business like people uh you know selling cakes or cars or yeah whatever you know yeah um and, and you know we uh I as a uh. Right winger. I like business, you know, (laughs) uh, I don't always approve of, you know, everything that any business does, but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, you need, you need thriving businesses and you need to be able to let have government, let business be able to thrive in order for society to thrive. Yeah.
0: Yeah, one one thing, yeah, I I mean I've talked to Walmart executives about this who have been in Missouri to lobby for more access to this. I mean, you know, they are a they are a business that works, they work in the margins of pennies. And there is actually uh, someone was telling me that if you go to a big super center and you are in the frozen section department and you open a door and that door is ajar for more than 30 seconds, there's an alarm that goes off in Bentonville. <laughs> I don't know. This sounds like way like spy stuff, but uh, like like they will alert the management in uh, that particular store to go fix it because that's how much their energy is right. like, uh, is is coordinated. Is that if that's open for more than a couple of minutes, it can throw off their entire plan.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. That's a big deal. Um, and you know, look, I need, look, to, get,
1: I need yeah. to get one of those alarms for my kids when they leave the. <laughs>
0: I need one of those for me when I when I leave the fridge open. Um, yeah, we we work with General Motors, we work yes. with um, Unilever, and most importantly, another thing that if you're a right winger, as you call them, we should care about is the U.S. military.
1: Yes, they're, they're very make,
0: big on this stuff. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yes, uh, and you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's a useful form of uh, of energy. There's a lot of lot of different things that you can do with it. Um, not it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing but uh right. but yeah that's that's exactly right
0: yeah and i know the u.s military is not a is not a business i understand that but it also is certainly something that when you see a military person come in and we have military people come in to testify on our behalf on these issues it certainly gets a republican lawmakers attention yeah you hear them talk about why they want solar it's <laughs> a surprise to a lot of them
1: yes i think that's probably true yeah yeah.
0: So it's a part, this has been great. I mean, we've talked about a lot of like big heady issues and like done it in a really short period of time. So thank you for that. Uh, if one of the people want to learn more, or want to contribute to your organization, how can they do that?
1: Sure. So we have a website, uh, rstreet.org. It's the letter R and then street spelled mm-hmm. out.org. You can go there, find more information and read Commentaries from me and from other people oh, okay. subjects. So.
0: Yeah, so you are writing like are they just articles, blog posts, white papers? Uh, so they
1: we we do have a blog, uh, but we also uh, collect thing you know everything wow. that uh, we do out there. So if we write an op-ed for the Columbia uh, paper or the Jeff City paper, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be there on the website. If we do uh, an event, there'll be a recording of that. Um, uh, you know, if we do uh smoke signals, I don't know that it, that would make it on there, but,
0: this <laughs> but podcast,
1: podcast will end up, we'll link to it when it comes out. Yeah,
0: yeah, I will make sure that we send that in the email. That if people want to learn more about this or what you do, we'll have that on there. And um, I guess I should finish by asking, Have you ever had any Kansas City barbecue? That's the question I should ask you
1: uh i don't believe that i have ever had any kansas city bar i have i have been to kansas city um, yeah believe it or not my i i've, I've really only uh, ever driven through kansas city on the way to somewhere else oh whereas i i have been to, to st louis a number of times yeah. and of course uh to the jeff city right columbia area yep um which i do i, I do i I like Jeff city. Uh, I will say, yeah. yes, uh, it's a nice. Some people really
0: don't. I like that town. I, I think it's like, it's kind of got a cute downtown. The food there is not bad. I mean, for yeah. a town of 35,000 people, it could, um, well, it could be worse. Yeah. Uh... And I,
1: I sort of, uh, I like it when the, uh, capital city of a state is not like a big bustling metropolis, if you know what I yeah. mean?
0: Thank you. Uh, because like Austin is a huge city now, and right. it's also where you have yeah. the University of Texas. And I think about yeah. Denver, Phoenix, Boston, you know, there's a lot of big towns that are right. capitals, but Jefferson City is like one of the more isolated ones. It's actually one of the only state capitals. It's a fun fact, not on an interstate. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I, I appreciate that. I think that keeps uh, the legislature closer to the people where they should be.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, the next time you're going through Kansas city, you should stop and go to Arthur Bryan's Gates. Oh, oh, what's yeah. another good one, Philip? What's another good barbecue place? So what's your whistle? Mm,
1: Casey
0: Joe's uh, Q39 and Jack stack. Oh, Jack Stack. Yeah. Oh, Casey. Yeah. Casey Joe's used to be Oklahoma Joe's. It's like literally on the other side of the, well, that of sounds the like
1: authentic, uh, the Oklahoma Joe's, Kansas City barbecue.
0: Uh. Yeah, Oklahoma Joe's, you, it's just in a gas station uh, <laughs> on State Line Road. It just, it looks like just a dumpy gas station, right? But it uh-huh. is, it's right. amazing barbecue. It yeah. really is. And I think even um, if you watch uh, Ted Lasso, uh, Jason Sudeikis' show on Apple, he's a Kansas, he's a Kansas City guy. Uh, he has, you'll, you'll spot a Kansas City Joe's shirt he's wearing from time to time.
1: All right. Well, if I ever, when, when, uh, when we're actually allowed to leave the house again, uh, no <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> places, uh, I'll, I'll try right. and make it to Kansas city.
0: Well, we'll, we'll make sure you get a, uh, we'll get a full tour of that. Um, okay. and yeah, Josiah, thanks again. Um, and, and thank you all for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms, leave reviews, share it on your social media posts, on behalf of Renew Missouri and Renew Gurus, I'm James Owen. Well, for Frisica, thanks again, and we'll see you next time in the funny papers.